Hello and welcome to episode 194 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. It's day one of a three-day Grand National Meeting at Aintree Racecourse in Liverpool, where we look forward to seeing the likes of the unbeaten Constitution Hill in the Aintree Hurdle and Shishkin stepping up to three miles plus for the first time in the Aintree Bowl. In this episode, City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of Thursday's action at Aintree Racecourse. So we're going to look forward to day one at Aintree, the Grand National Festival, coming up on Thursday. We've got podcasts for Friday and, of course, for the big day on Saturday as well. Myself and Bill Esdale looking through three days of great racing. Before we start to look ahead at Aintree, Bill, the news breaking today, as we record on uh, this Tuesday, is that Betfred have come and stepped in for the next three years and are now going to sponsor the Betfred Derby. Is that a good thing for racing? A few people I've noticed been writing that uh, you'd rather have no sponsor than have a bookmaker sponsor. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, they, they, it's funny because bookmakers have always, particularly the last 20 years or so, have been treated as the kind of unwelcomed guest a bit um, from the big racecourse groups. And there's always a feeling that there's a lookout for a non-bookmaker sponsor. Um, and then if, then if they don't exist, the bookmaker can step in and take it. And I think that's nature of the beast. And look, you know, with, with every sport, you want blue chip companies to come in. You want your kind of um, Jaguars and Pepsi and various different kind of um, brewery businesses to come in and sponsor them. Um, but if the appetite's not there, then you've got to take what's there. I, I totally understand the jockey club's decision to go with Betfred who prepared to put the money up. Um, would you rather it was the um, a, a, a blue chip brand? Possibly. Doesn't bother me too much. Um, you know, be, I've, I've seen some reactions on social media and Twitter of people saying it cheapens the brand and um, look, it's 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 better to have a sponsor than not a sponsor and look, they'll be in for two, three years and it just shows you where racing is in in, in the grand scheme of things. In, in, you know, we, we're in a bubble in horse racing and when you're right in the middle of the bubble, you think it's the be all and end all but the reality is there's loads of white sports out there with big reach and big audiences and you know we've we've the derby's lost some high profile sponsorship you know it's was investic then kazoo and now it's betfred mm. um is that heading in the right direction possibly not bigger discussion than than for today but possibly not and that's a bigger problem for racing but look it's great to have a sponsor you got to welcome betfred in but i think um racing has a few issues to sort well, a lot of the races now, when we talk about Saturday races, they're all sponsored by bookmakers, aren't they, really? I mean, there's not many any longer on the Saturday afternoon when it's the main race of the day, the feature, that isn't the Betfair this, the, uh, the Betfred that, the Coral this, Bet365. I mean, they're all over. They're, they are the, the, the teams that step in on the big day on TV. It's an image thing, and racing has an image problem at the moment, and there's going to be plenty said over the next three or four days as we lead to the Grand National, and there's a lot of pressure from 
from various different animal rights groups on it. But racing has an image issue. And when it comes to non-bookmaker brands that step in and sponsor high-profile races, they tend to come from sea level or board level where the owner of businesses or the people that run businesses are passionate about the sport. And if they want to go for it, their marketing team, their board goes with it because it's, you know, a bit like the Boodles team. Yeah. You know, the Wainwright family love their horse racing. They own Garlaw. They love it. So that's why they're involved. He's a director at, at Cheltenham. You get brands like that where um, the key individuals are passionate about the sport. It's difficult in wider, bigger firms to, you know, as soon as the boss of Investex, who was a racing fan, stood away from the business, guess what? They've dropped their racing inventory within 12 months. Yeah. And that's what kind of happens. And it's an image-related thing, and it's very difficult. And it, you're, you are supporting a sport of which there are people who are anti it. And that makes it very hard to attract blue chip sponsors. Okay, that's the scene in the Derby. So they've got a sponsor, Betfred Derby. And now we're going to talk about Rare Edition, of course, the horse that you managed there with the Pay the Bills Syndicate. You ran it at Cheltenham. You've done really well getting to the festival things didn't go so well on the day but there's a break this year four weeks and a lot of Cheltenham horses are going to turn up at Aintree over the next three days and we'll be able to talk about all of them through the next three podcasts that are coming out on Wednesday Thursday and Friday of this week rare edition you got a choice on Friday a couple of races I think one was a grade one and isn't one uh, a handicap right at the end of the card yeah, yeah, he's in, in both those races, and we will declare tomorrow morning. And I think we're looking at declaring for the grade one. Um, he's in really good form. And yeah, we, we, there was, but Cheltenham didn't go according to plan for a number of different reasons. But we will roll the grade one dice again and give it a spin. The ground should be fine. And I'd imagine he'll wear a hood down to the start. And that might help him in in the prelims. We'll give it a spin, and we'll, we'll you know just want to see him finish the race, and um, hopefully he can he can go well. So exciting times! Talking about sponsors, if you do go for the Grade One, you know that's sponsored by Poundland. So uh, Poundland, if, exactly. If, if it sums up uh, your contribution to racing at all, but there 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 we go. You can't pick and choose <laughs> when the money's on the table, can you? It's a Grade One. That's what we got to go for. It's a Grade One, and bite your yeah. arm off for it. I'll see you next to the Poundland guy holding, shaking his hand with the, the trophy in your hand there at uh, a lovely entry. Uh, what's the ground going to be? Because we talk about the ground all the time. I think, is it down as good to soft at the moment? They're, they're expecting some rain now. You were talking last weekend about them watering. I think that's been put on hold. Yeah, well, they, they had just over 10 mils of rain on Monday and we're, we're Tuesday now. They've only had a couple of mils of rain, supposedly, but there's rain coming in. Um supposed to be wet and windy into into Wednesday they're talking about up to 10 mils um and then it's a bit drier with just showers you know I think a couple of mils on on Thursday and a couple of mils maybe on Friday but I think it'll keep the ground up kind of good to soft soft in places good to soft around that it'll be perfect perfect ground um I think it's no excuses territory I don't think it's going to be too soft and I think it's going to be too too quick I think it's just I think if 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 the forecast is to be believed, and it's accurate, it'll be bang on, it'll be perfect for them. And, and this year, as I said, it's it's really good because sometimes it, there's not that four-week gap and Cheltenham horses going to Aintree don't always have a great record. Some obviously can still win, but with the bigger gap this year, a lot of them are going to go. We're going to start looking at our 
Thursday preview now then at one forty-five is when it gets underway at entry two and a half mile for the Manifesto Novices Chase, one of the grade ones on the day. Only five runners turning up for this, but we've got Stage Star who won the Turners at the festival in the mix here and going to be very popular for Paul Nichols, Harry Codwell. It was a terrific performance uh, over at Cheltenham when he won. Bambridge, who didn't go to Cheltenham, has not run since February. Actually, for Ronnie Bartlett, just mentioned the Albert Bartlett brand, because he's the boss of Ronnie Bartlett, of Albert Bartlett, and they sponsor, or used to sponsor races uh, at the festival. And that comes from Ireland, from Joseph O'Brien's yard. He was second behind El Fabiolo, at Leopardstown in the Irish Arkle. That's a grade one. It was a really good run. He had one at Cheltenham back in November when he won the Arkle Trophy there in that particular month. San Juan goes here for Willie Mullins in the JP Colours. He can't seem to uh, own the loser at the moment. He's going really well, isn't he? Visionarian's in there as well, as is uh, straw fan Jack, a couple of big outsiders. Is, is it Bambridge up against Stage Star here? Yeah, looks looks it. Only the five runners, and um, you know we we touched on it earlier about how how there's been a bigger back gap between Cheltenham and Aintree. So you're more forgiving of those that ran at um, Cheltenham this time round. I mean, Stage Star looks to be favourite on the back of a really good win uh, in the two and a half mile um, chase at, at Cheltenham return and as novices it's known now um he was really good that day i mean uh sadly mighty potter who who was was killed on the weekend uh, um he he didn't really run his race at cheltenham and but stage star was good positively ridden went on from the front um did disappoint here 12 months ago which is a, is a um a kind of niggling worry when he was pulled up behind three strike but last season didn't go according to plan with him at all and there's no kind of course worries because he previously finished third to Napa's Hill in the bumper the year before so there's no real course worries any rain that comes will help him uh, probably more so than his main market rival Bambridge um, but I'm a fan of Bambridge I, I do like the horse I think he he's a horse who disappointed here 12 months ago as well funny enough but that was stepping up to three miles after a hard race at Cheltenham, he missed Cheltenham because the ground had gone. Um, he'd previously run a really eye-catching race in the Irish Arkle when he got going over too late to, to chase home El Fabiolo, admittedly 10 lengths behind him, but it was a good run over two miles. He's got decent form over two and a half miles. Um, was a good winner at Cheltenham on an Arkle trial back in November. I just like the horse. I like the fact that he's fresh. Um I would take him over stage star. There wouldn't be much between them, but just at the prices, he's a bigger price. I would go for Bambridge over stage, uh, stage star. Same was tackling two and a half for the first time. Look, he'll be ridden cold in behind them and played late. You know, he's, I think he'll stay, but he's no certainty to, um, but he's a player as well. It's, it's, it's a fascinating contest, but I think um, seven or four, 15 to eight Bambridge would be the bet for me as long as it doesn't get too wet. At two twenty, it's two miles and a furlong. For the Houston Anniversary Juvenile Hurdle, another grade one with 11 runners. And uh, it's JP once again. He's got a filly here called Zenta, who won at Ortoy, was obviously purchased there, came over to Fairy House, won on Irish debut, and finished third behind Lossy Mouth in the Triumph Hurdle at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, she takes on Bo Zenith, who runs for Gary Moore, who's in amazing form. I think at one stage on the weekend, out of his last 10 runners, he's had nine winners. Quite incredible. He had a, another couple at Plumpton, just winning everywhere. 
But this is a bit of a, a step up for Bo Zenith with Jamie on board. Nusret looked really interesting when winning at Kempton, winning the Adonis, that grade two there back in February. And a lot of people were hoping he would go to Cheltenham, but he didn't. Simon Manier and Isaac Swade held Nusret back with Joseph O'Brien's uh, guiding hand and Daryl Jacob in the saddle. Interesting runner, I think, going to go for this race on Thursday. Gravel's in there as well. And Bill, scriptwriter, we both tipped it up when ran in uh, that uh, Adonis Kempton. It looked like he'd never jumped a hurdle in his life, beaten 35 lengths, no excuses given, no reasons found. I think Milton's very confident. He always is confident. But goodness me, I know about forgiving a horse one run. He couldn't jump a hurdle. You know, how can he turn this around? Yeah, I know. It's, just, it's a strange one. Um, but look, He's, he hasn't become a bad horse overnight. Just you can forgive a horse a, a bad run. You know, he, he he pieced together three relatively quick runs between November and January and relatively hard races too. So maybe you can just forgive him the one blip. Um, he was on a speed track on much faster ground and got himself out of kilter and in a bad rhythm and it just kind of went to pieces and and he's better than that he's had a bit of time to to freshen up um but he wouldn't be for me i think there's a fair bit to forgive there but i could certainly wouldn't be surprised to be um looking at the top of the market the favorite will be zenta for the willie mullins team um this is a a, a filly who took a big step forward from Fairy House to finish third um, to Lossy Mouth in the Triumph Hurdle. Um, the Phillies filling the first three places there. Um, she looked the most inexperienced of the three, but ran really well, ran, ran with real credit. And um, she's improving. She's just a bit short in a race like this. I think um, look, she's going to be 13 to 8, 7 or 4. I think she's the most likely winner. But I think... I would want to take her on at, at the prices. Um, you mentioned the Gary Moore team. Bo Zenith is probably the one I'd go for. This is um, a Oliver Harris-owned uh, horse who um, appears to be carrying the second colours, but is the first colours on jockey booking, which is a bit, bit strange. But Bo Zenith is um, kind of fluffed his lines on, on, on debut. This is a horse who... Uh, it was obviously an expensive purchase uh, from France, uh, bought for 100 plus grand, and had beaten Blood Destiny, who we know was a bit disappointing in the, the Triumph Hurdle, but had previously shown a fair bit, bit of form um, in a race in France. And, th and then came over and completely fluffed his lines on debut when, when a heavy favourite at Sandown could only finish um, third or four there, but a since at Haydock and, and, and um, uh, Stratford since has, has, has looked really impressive. Um, quickening up really nicely. Looks a potential very, very smart prospect. Is around five to one. I think with the form of the yard, I just think Bo Zenith is, is the one I'd like to be with here. Nosret, I respect that from the O'Brien team. Um, they can have a, have a strong day here. In the, in the Munir suede double green colours, was an impressive winner at Kempton. Wouldn't want the ground to get too soft. Definitely quickened up off a strongly run race, which which you'll get like again here. It is certainly a player. Um, I wasn't in love with the way he travelled and, and got the job done in the end, but I'm not sure he's the superstar. I think Zenta's the most likely winner, but on prices, I'd go with 
Bowes and if I think he's more trustworthy than Perseus Way, he was a bit disappointed at Cheltenham. I, I hope Nusrat runs a big race because uh, I was hoping to see him at, at Cheltenham. We'll see how, how we get on in that one. That's at 2.20. At 2.55, it's the Older Hay Aintree Bowl, which is the grade one, over three miles and a furlong. Just the six runners now. A brave man's game has been making the headlines for reasons that the owner has now been dropped off the name list and it's now owned by just Brian Drew as we look forward to this race. Paul Nichols has had a fantastic run at Cheltenham in the Gold Cup, finishing second to Gallup and Sharp, beating seven lengths. But boy, when they came to the last, you, you wouldn't have decided who was going to win it there. What a brave performance that was from Brave Man's game. And Shiskin looks like it might not go off as favourite, stepping up to not just three miles, but three miles plus for the first time for Nicky Henderson. Behind Envoy Allen, of course, in the Ryanair. This is pretty much a matchup, isn't it? Of the the Ryanair and the Gold Cup horses all coming together. Aplutar has now pulled up twice in a row in November. Betfair Chase, of course, in March in the Gold Cup as well. Conflate is in here. Brian Hughes rides a hoist in York as Derek Fox is injured and he wants to try and get himself fit for the Grand National on Saturday. And Galore is in this one as well. Jamie Snowden. They wanted to run in the National itself, but didn't get enough qualifying runs in at the end and uh, ended up running on the Thursday. Are you surprised that Brave Man's game is now the likely favourite, or is it going to be touch and go on the day? Yeah, it's again, it depends on what the weather does. I mean, it's it's a strange one, this race, because you've got horses that had hard races at Cheltenham. You know, Brave Man's game and Conflated had really hard races. You know, I saw those horses come in firsthand after the Gold Cup. They ran brilliant races, races of a lifetime. But here they are. They've had the four weeks to get over it, but it's still, it's a hard ask. Shiskin, I've never seen him jump so bad. Did remarkably well to finish second in that Ryanair. But again, you've got a horse stepping up in trip for the first time. And... He's got to jump better, you know. All, all the stuff that Nikki had said about um, about him going over two and a half, and they would go slowly for him, and he could jump better. Look, they were going weren't going that quick over two and a half in the Ryanair, and his jumping went to pot. So <clears throat> it'd be great to see him bounce back here, but he's got to jump a lot, lot better. And then you got Aplutar, who he was interfered with by by a bad fall. There would seem to be a lot of confidence in him at the uh, Cheltenham Gold Cup day and more to, probably to do with the form of the De Bromhead team at the time. But he's very short. You know, he's, he's got form figures of, of PP this season. You know, he's priced yeah. up like he's got form figures of 1-2 or 2-1. Exactly, yeah. That just wouldn't be, that wouldn't, wouldn't be for me. It's a fabulous race. It's one I'm really looking forward to over the three days. From a betting point of view, I generally wouldn't know of the top three or four, which way, which way to go. Um, and for that reason, I get the Hail Mary out. Uh, and I think Galore at 80s is completely overpriced. Um, I think it, that he um, has a much better chance than that price would suggest. Um, he's, he ran over two and a half at Cheltenham when they've always felt that he needs further. Um, if you go back to his form when, when he won the the Paddy Power Chase, he shaped like a like a like a stayer. He had an impossible task at Donny with a 
really big weight when he came crashing down there late on, but potentially looked like he was going to win. And, and to carry 12 stone in a race like that is some ask. I think the three miles will be perfect. Um, look, he's rated 153 and he's got, got tons to find off levels. And I mean tons to find off levels. But is he an 80 to 1 chance or 100 to 1 chance? Not sure he is. I know you only get the two places and some of these bookmakers offer you pick your places and you can get a third place but yeah. I generally think Gar Law can run run well in this race whether he's quite up to it I don't know but I think that um, he's tough and he'll stay and he might just overrun uh, uh, outrun his odds at, at 80 to 1 and you know the same for Ahoy Senor who's the kind of second outsider of the, of, of the lot mm. you know he, he was running a cracker in the Gold Cup um, yeah he wouldn't be in a hurry to back one on the back of a nasty fall like that but he was brilliant here 12 months ago when he beat Fury Road and you know he's 6-1 to one. I, I I would generally probably go the outsiders too a hoist near at 6 and Carl Law at 80 I think that you know you could have 50 beats weighing a pound win those and stranger things have happened but it's a race to look forward to As a neutral wouldn't it be just wonderful to see a hoist in your take him off from the front as he did at Cheltenham and has done many times and just run the legs off them, just keep going and not make that one mistake. And and if he's there still two or three out, hoisting your uh, at the front, it, it could be, you know, be fantastic. And sort of 11 to two, six to one, you, you'd probably get a run for your money. Wouldn't you either way in a race like that? Yeah, you could do. And, and that's, you know, the one thing about entry is, you know, that these horses coming from Cheltenham, some of them are going to bomb out. Yeah. And, it's just, I'd rather bomb out with an 80 to one shot than a five to two mm. chance. And yeah. that's all it is. I mean, look, on these, if they all are fit and well and they all run to their level, Brave Man's Game will win this. That was an unbelievable run at Cheltenham. He ran miles better than I thought he did. He's relatively fresh. He's probably the best of these. He would probably be the one. But he's taking on Shiskin, Conflated, Aplutite, taking on really good horses four mm-hmm. weeks after one of his best runs of his life. I just get the feeling that there may be a better value in yeah. in in going for a horse like Garlor. It's a great race to look forward to at 2.55 on Thursday afternoon at Aintree. A little bit later at 3.30, we've got two and a half miles to look forward to with the William Hill Aintree hurdle. Yet another grade one, another small field of six. But... Uh, there's, there's one horse that everybody will be hoping that will win, if you're on or not. And I don't imagine many will be on at one to five or one to six. But uh, Constitution Hill was just imperious at uh, Cheltenham in the champion hurdle, winning by nine lengths over State Man. It could have been twice that distance if Nico had wanted to. You've got to feel sorry for Epitant, who's a, a nine-year-old mare who keeps chasing her stable companion home. She keeps looking at him thinking, I can't run as fast as you. Nikki's got a great hand in this race. Uh, Zanna here for Gordon Elliott. Got Davy Russell on board. Davy making hopefully one final fling this week with the three days culminating in the national course. Sharjah's in there, 10-year-old, but... I think his best days are behind him. I like to move. It was put in his place by Constitution Hill. And, and so Royal, who's a very brave horse, but I'm um, not so sure he's still a grade one under these circumstances. Is Epitant going to chase Constitution Hill home again? I mean, find her a race to win. I know she won at Doncaster, but she's been second or third so many times. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I look, it's it's... This is all about Constitution Hill, and he should take this in his stride. I mean, two and a half probably suits him more than two miles anyway. He just 
gets the, the longer the race goes on, the better he looks. And that's why it's hard, hard to kind of go against him in a race like this. Um, the betting is really who will come second and, and, and what value there is in, in, in that who will come second market. Epitant, you know, I've, I've seen a few prices. I've got 13 to 8 Epitant to come second and 9 to 4 Zana here. I'd far rather be 9 to 4 Zana here. Um, he was in the process of running a really good race in this last year when he tipped up at the last uh, with Jack Kennedy. And look, he's in a light season and only just showed that he was starting to come back to himself when he was third in the champion hurdle. Ridden to come third, played very late. Two miles being far too short, two and a half being perfect. Um, look, he showed he'd had a very busy season. Uh, he'd had, you know, five runs under his belt before he got to Aintree last season. He's had one less run. Um, yeah, I just think he'll um, he'll go well. And with Davey in the saddle, I just think he will be ridden to finish second to Constitution Hill. And at nine to four, that would be my bet. There we go. That's what's happening on Thursday. 4.05 then at Aintree, two miles five. At the Grand National course, basically a circuit short of the Grand National race itself. This is the Fox Hunters Open Hunter Chase with 28 going the post here. And I've got to admit, not mind admitting, I haven't heard of most of these because I don't follow the Hunter Chase in any way and not a big point-to-point. And a lot of these come from either point-to-point or Hunter Chase or indeed both. But at four to one, the field, I'm sure you've got to find some value in this at a bigger price. The fox hunters, you know, you, how many are going to jump? 18 fences, two, two miles five over the Grand National fences with, with amateurs on board that can obviously ride, but they're no pros by any means. Uh, things are going to go wrong here for somebody. What kind of big price have you managed to find in this race then, Bill? Well, I think the starting point is, you know, the favourite's going to be uh, the Christie horse, wing leader. And he's got all the best kind of hunter chases in Ireland. And they're fluffing their lines a bit. It's not unfair to say that. Um, Fern's lot was beaten at threes on or nearly at Ferry House over the weekend. And, you know, he had another one beaten yesterday at... Um, uh, at Cork in the Hunter's Chase there Ultimate Optimist um, look I'm not saying there's a major problem they are but they're not firing and that's a worry for me about taking one at a, at a, at a short price in, in wing leader um, the Fox Hunters form from from Cheltenham comes you know is is, on, is tested you've got famous Claremont um, who'd be ridden by William Biddick um, he finished sixth to Premier Magic ran ran a real good race, um, but this is look, he's, he'll be second favourite or his second favourite at the time of, of recording. Um, doesn't know Aintree though, and that's the concern. These they're over the national fences, and look, you've got to give these horse these fences respect, and that's just the niggling concern um, that I have about that. I mean, there's been loads of money around for Fear Jagan, um, who's who's won his last three. He's he's kind of blew across the board on the odds comparison sites and five, six to one, never been to Aintree before. Late night pass. Last year's winner is probably top of the pots for me in terms of um in terms of horses I'm 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 keen on being with um in, in this race. Uh just very good over these fences, was good against Cat Tiger last year. Um lightly campaign this year, but been in good form, won his last two. Um was 
it was hard work last time at Charm Park, wherever Charm Park sounds like a virtual track, but <laughs> Charm Park, we just 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 managed to get the job done. Um, but look, comes in form, knows you know of the leading fancies. I, I like the fact that he's been round here before and and done it, and he would get my main vote. Um, and then I'd probably give a squeak to "It's on the Line." Now, if you watch a replay of. Uh, the Fox Hunters at Cheltenham. Um, I shouldn't call it that. People get upset for you for calling that now these days. Um, but it's on the line, ran a real eye catcher for Emmett Mullins, Derek O'Connor, um, flying late on, um, just just denied by Premier Magic. It's on the line. That was a hell of a run um, over three miles too. Now, this is plenty short enough, and that's the niggling worry, but the Grand National Fences kind of counterbalance that. Mm-hmm. And young horse rapidly improving i suppose it's just one of those ones where i thought he'd be near the top of the market and he's he's kind of 14 to 1 and i just thought it was like a like too big a price so i would go if i was playing this tentatively because it's not a race you can be really confident about i'd play late night pass because i think it'll just run well because it's entry and it's it's what he knows and i'll play it's on the line great stuff well done with that final race we're going to look at for thursday is at 4.40. It's a two-mile close brothers. Red rum handicap chase. Uh, double figures numbers in this one. Third time lucky has been a winner for the Skeletons. One at Sandown on that to 4th of Feb. Won the, the Dollars handicap chase there. Beating fast buck on that occasion. Just been out of the money before and after then. Douglas Talkin's got a tongue tie on for Lucinda Russell. And uh, he's won his last two races now. Global Citizen goes for Ben Pauling, who's had, I think, 80 winners this season, a great season for the yard. Grey Diamond for Sam Thomas, who we'll hear from on Saturday. He's got his runner going in the national. We'll hear from him later on in the week. Dancing on my own is in there for Henry de Bromhead's yard coming over from Ireland. Payla Piper for the amazing Anne Hamilton team, owned by her husband, Ian, the horse that won at Mosseborough back in February over two miles, the Scottish champion, chase on that occasion and then and a real battle with the calico didn't they they weren't uh split by too much at all just a nose pay the piper was second in doncaster on on that occasion how did you see the 440 um i thought this was very hard um as you can imagine um i think you can make a case out for loads of them um the skeletons have top and bottom here and third time lucky uh is a horse that you know, looks tailor-made for, for for this. Ran really well in the fourth in the Grand Annual on ground that was probably plenty soft enough off a mark of 149. It's actually been dropped a pound, which which probably helps. Um, was a good third um, here 12 months ago in the Maggle Novices over, over, over two miles. So, no, the track is no problem. Um, it's just... Twelve stones, a big weight to lump lump around here, but he's gonna he's gonna run well. Um, as is dancing on my own, um, who was second in this twelve months ago to the last day. That was off a mark of one four one. Um, so three pounds higher doesn't make life easy, but hasn't shown much this time round. Um, but you just got the feeling that that um, this has been a bit of a plan for for dancing on my own, and um, I would certainly wouldn't put anyone off um giving giving a chance to that but again not 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 brilliantly well off at the weights um i, I found this really really hard um i would probably play two um the first of them would be gray diamond um a horse i really like 
for Sam Thomas, uh, who's a brilliant trainer. And this horse won well at Haydock last time. It's gone up £7 for that. That's the only negative. It's got a career-high mark now over fences, which makes life a little bit tough. Um, but previously, I thought was going to win at Sandown when I tipped him up and he he he, he just fell late on when I thought he was going to go, go and get the job done. Um, but did it really impressively at Haydock last time. Comes here in good form. Seems to travel well travel strongly and, and that's a big part of this race of staying in contact so I just think Grey Diamond will run run well um, was actually fifth to Editor Geet a couple of years ago um, in this very race and look on, on paper I was off a much higher mark I just think he's a better horse than he was that time and um, look Grey Diamond is uh, coming back to eight each way I just think he's of the leading ones I think he'll just run, run really well and then a slightly left field one um, Hatcher uh, 18 to 1, right the way down the bottom uh, for the Dan Skelton team. Tristan Durrell takes five pounds off. Ten-year-old who's having the second run back after the wind up. Um, last season was a complete write-off. Uh, um, didn't finish any of, any of his races, um, but showed a lot more at the beginning of the month um, behind Black Jerry, a massive price. Um but just just kept on to be a bit of a pipe opener for this off the same mark of 130 uh, with Tristan Durrell riding him um, look if you go back through his backstory um, you know back in October 21 he was running off a mark of 150 at Cheltenham behind before midnight um, and that's rock solid form and here he is a couple of years later off a £20 lower mark sneaky him right the way down the bottom I just thought at 18 to 1 he was worth a small small each way play but the main fancy being Grey Diamond but I'll take Hatcher each way at 18 that Hatcher I've got to tell you Bill you know his form figures are UFPPF3 1 you're a brave man you're a brave man that's what all I can say to you on that one yeah I mean it, it's it's a handicap and that's the key it's a handicap for a reason and what you got to remember is that it, you look at these races and you look at the best of where is Hatch, Hatcher now? He's a 10 year old, but he sneaks in here off 10 stone 10. And the top ones, like the third time lucky, have got 12 stone. And, you know, you're getting a stone and four pounds. It might not be enough. It might not be enough. But I just think that if, if, if Dan Skelton has got Hatcher back to anywhere near the form of a couple of years ago, He'll be very competitive in this race, and that's why I'm prepared to give him a chance at 18s. Thanks, Bill. That's all for today. We'll be back again on Thursday with episode 195 as we look towards Friday's racing, and we'll be back on Friday as well as we look to our usual weekend episode with Saturday and the Grand National itself this weekend. Of course, all from Aintree, where Bill is going to be live on course. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips and follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music or Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. <laughs>